0: Welcome into the Husker Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Mike Schaefer here. Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts at their respective dwellings. Gentlemen, how are you today?
1: Not bad. Not bad. Just uh, you know, a lot of yard work. I feel like I feel like this thing is gonna force a lot of people to have some really immaculate looking yards by, by the end of by the time summer really gets going.
2: Yeah, my backyard is going to be something else. I'm, I mean, I, I'm going to have like a little river running through it before it's all said and done. I, I, I just have all these ideas, and I've, I spent all of yesterday working on it. it it's, it's, uh, it's rounding into form.
0: Would that be called a brook? You're going to have a brook in your yeah. backyard?
2: I would call it a babbling brook. I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah babbling nice.
0: brook. Well, that uh, that sounds exciting. I mowed for the first time this week. And uh, somehow I rolled my ankle while mowing. Um, I don't know if that officially puts me as an old person. I got injured mowing the lawn, but uh, that, that was my experience of doing yard work this week. So. Well, you weren't
2: conditioned for it yet. I mean, it's, it's that first time out and you're not ready for it. Were you trying to go too fast too soon, maybe going with the 45-degree angles right off the bat? No, it, it wasn't any sort of specialty mowing or fancy patterns or anything like
0: that. It was, it was uh, neglected yard and, and uh, uneven grass, and, uh, you know, I, I took a step and just rolled it. I, it's hard to explain. It wasn't even a gopher hole. I mean, it was just like a – it was a bad step into an area where there's not as much grass, like a patchy spot.
2: I rolled my Were, you, were so. you wearing white New Balances that were very clean? If you were with just a no, little, I with a little blue trim, if so, then you are an old person. Yes.
0: I uh, I mow in an old pair of boat shoes or sandals, neither of which are considered to be particularly safe. Right. And I've uh, I've been accused of, of not mowing in proper footwear. So really, it is my own fault. Okay. Bruns, any thoughts? How long were you down for? Like, did you did you hit the ground? It wasn't down. It's like whenever you guys play basketball, you like you roll your ankle in basketball and it hurts and it's awkward. And then you sort of just walk it off, but there's that weird little catch pain that's
1: there. That it's it, not like bad, but it just lets you know that it exists. I don't know if you like let go of the the throttle on the mower and like hit the ground, like just
0: <laughs> just rolling around <laughs> in fresh cut grass.
1: Yeah, just just I'm like rolling. a like
2: slider. A concerned, yeah, concerned slider looks on confused. I wouldn't expect a millennial like Schaefer to play through the pain like that, though. That's impressive.
0: Yeah. I I have rolled my ankle many times. I I think because I largely have cankles, they're pretty resistant to long-term damage, but susceptible (laughs) to short-term injury. Fair enough. uh, I I think I'm just sort of used to it. But I've, I've never done it while mowing the lawn. Normally, it's a little bit more strenuous activity and or falling off of a curb or sidewalk that might do it. So, all right, let's uh, let's let's just jump into this. Not a topic that people are going to be excited to hear about, but Nebraska misses out on Avante Dickerson. He commits to Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck has things going very well for the Gophers right now. They picked up actually another commitment as of this morning. It's Wednesday. They picked up another commitment on Monday from a defensive back. Uh, they are recruiting, I think, in the top ten of the country right now. For I think the, they're, f-
2: they're fifth now.
0: Yeah, fifth in the in the country, and they're they're stacking up some talent, and that talent includes Avante Dickerson, who I think, if you would have done a straw poll with all of us going into Friday of last week, I don't know if we would have been convinced that he was definitely going to end up at Nebraska. But I I don't know if anybody, at least amongst this collection of minds, was thinking he was going to pick. P.J. Fleck in Minnesota, sight unseen. That one surprised me. Uh, maybe as much as any commitment in recent years has.
2: Yeah, I I, I didn't think it was going to be a slam dunk uh, recruitment for Nebraska by any means. Uh, when I talked to the coach there at Westside, um, you know, a few weeks ago, I, it was clear that he was exploring all his options. And, I mean, he was entertaining some kind of interesting – outside the box ideas like even maybe taking a visit to Boston College because he had really connected with that uh, DB's coach at Ohio State who's now the head coach at BC and so he was you know kind of had a different sort of recruitment where it wasn't going to be all about the blue bloods even though he's a blue blood type recruit and so I guess that did open up a window to something like this happening but you're right I didn't I didn't expect. I knew he liked that virtual tour with Minnesota because he kind of made it clear on social media. But I didn't think anything was going to happen like within a week, Um, and that's where that surprised me. Of course, um, you know the thing is, and I'm not just saying this about Avante. I'm saying it about everybody. I think this is going to be a crazy recruiting cycle when it's all said and done, when kids can actually get out and visit and stuff. And so, I I do take everything with that in mind that that is a headline
1: right now it's minnesota's kind of uh momentum right now on the recruiting trail is interesting i mean they the last couple of years they've been a school that has really wrapped things up with their classes pretty early when you kind of look at the 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 way that they've done things they really try to get guys to commit early uh, and hold on to the commitments i know they just had a a recommitment today uh, from one of their, their – their, they had a decommitment and then a, a recommitment from a kid in Chicago. Um, so, you know, the the fact that they've got momentum isn't surprising. Obviously, they're doing a nice job of capitalizing on uh, th- their season last year. And also, I, I think, being pretty aggressive with getting guys on FaceTime and showing off what they've got. I mean, they, they have a new – brand-new athletes-only Uh, dorm and and facility. Like, you know, I think there's, and I think there's also something that's a little bit magnetic about PJ Fleck. I know some people kind of roll their eyes about that, but I I think that that uh, is helping them a lot right now as it kind of relates to Avante Dickerson. I think the one thing that Minnesota could really also kind of hammer home to is the ability to play early. I mean, you you look at kind of the way that their depth chart breaks down they were a pretty veteran team last year. And I think there's going to be more of an opportunity for him to get on the field earlier at Minnesota uh, than it would at Nebraska, and that's not saying that's the only reason, but I think that's that that's a factor that that also weighed in that decision as well. I, I think we're also seeing
0: PJ Fleck has a reputation of really pushing and and really being intense when he thinks that he's got a kid that's close to a commitment, and that is something that I think is probably helping Minnesota in this time period in which there aren't visits, but they're very aggressive. They're almost relentless when they, they have their teeth sunk in on a on a player. And during this time period, that's going to be effective. And, and Minnesota has a lot that they can sell right now. I mean, they had a great year. They finished in the top 25. They have wins over Penn State and Auburn. You know, they had their double-digit win uh, season for the first time in a long time in that program. Minneapolis is a great city. They have wonderful facilities up there now. Uh, So they have a lot that they can work with. And then you combine that with kind of the attitude that P.J. Fleck has and what he expects out of his coaching staff. uh, I don't think they're going to be done yet. I mean, even after this latest recommitment, I think they have a few more targets out there. And they're certainly going to be – a player uh, that Nebraska is going to have to deal with and the Big Ten West is going to have to deal with over the next few years. And, I mean, it's only going to get better for P.J. Fleck. Like that's that's probably the thing that should bother Nebraska fans the most right now is that I have viewed Minnesota as a, a place that could do well in recruiting or certainly do better than what they had done in the past. And now you have a guy who did very well as a recruiter at Western Michigan. who's done very well as a coach at stops at Western Michigan and Minnesota. And you're combining him with an urban environment and good facilities. And now a team that's put results out on the field and kind of has a couple landmark wins over Penn State and Auburn that they can show repeatedly. Mm -hmm. Thursday, you don't think Minnesota is going to be all over Twitter with the draft if Antoine Winfield Jr. goes in the first round. If Tyler Johnson goes on the second day on Friday, and and they're, they're going to be a team that really, really promotes themselves, and it will connect with certain recruits, and so uh, the best for Minnesota is yet to come, and I, I think that's kind of the scary thing. If you're in Nebraska who has slowly turned over a roster, they have done far better than anyone would expect in terms of recruiting relative to the success on the field but they need to start showing results of it I mean that that's kind of my second takeaway beyond Minnesota's for real it's the Nebraska needs some real results starting in this 2021 season am I off based on either one of those Bruns?
1: Uh, Well the, I think what's going to be yeah I mean the results are are going to be important I mean you look at what what's in state for Nebraska in the 21 and 22 classes. Um, yeah, I mean, Nebraska needs to, he's going to have to play defense on some other in-state talents and, and, you know, you look at even a guy like Keegan Johnson right now that's making his decision at some point to, with the final three of Iowa, K-State and Nebraska. I mean, I think that's a little bit closer uh, than maybe what some people would expect for a legacy recruit. I think that if you look at you know, uh, Mike O'Reilly at Bell West, a kid in 22 that's getting a ton of attention recently, picked up Penn State, uh, Michigan offers recently. You're seeing a lot more schools getting into Nebraska and offering these kids earlier than they ever have, and, and some schools offering that, that rarely come up here. I mean, Florida's offering Deshaun Woods in the 2022 class, just as another example of a school that, you know, you, you see an, an offer announced and you're kind of like, whoa, that, that's, that's different. So, yeah, I mean the, the results—the the results are that next piece of it. And it's something that I mean we've been saying that for how long that you know Nebraska seems like they've got things in place off the field. It's just a matter of showing up and winning on Saturdays, and I think that that's the missing piece that you you're not able to you're, you're selling a vision right now instead of reality is basically where you're at as Nebraska. So yeah, you, you need whatever this fall looks like from a a scheduling thing or however many games they play, you got to do well, or at least show progress. I mean, that's the thing is you got to be able to show that things are moving in the right direction with actual tangible on the field
2: results. Uh, On the good note, um, a year ago at this time, Minnesota uh, was coming off kind of a 500 season. And uh, they, they really had a big year on the field, and look what they're doing with recruiting with it. If Nebraska can get that season going on the field, I think you'll see recruiting results uh, pile up pretty similar to what's happening in Minnesota right now, actually. Nebraska's
0: efforts at home are certainly – I mean,
2: I think you go
0: back to Nick Henrich and Chris Hickman, and when Scott Frost won those recruiting battles right away, you kind of felt like, okay – Nebraska has kind of turned some of this talk and momentum of the idea that these Metro kids aren't interested in Nebraska, that they want to go play somewhere else. You thought that maybe that, that the answer was there. And then Xavier Watts goes to Notre Dame. And so then maybe you think, all right, well, that's Notre Dame. He's got uh, a very strong views on education, and he wants to go to a program that combines both high-level football with a high education. Okay. And now you have Avante Dickerson going to Minnesota. And I, I just think that the more this happens, the more other kids like a Deshaun Woods or a Devin Jackson or even a Keegan Johnson in this 2021 class is going to look at it and think, Why do I have to stay home? I mean, what what reason is there for me to stay at Nebraska? I have all of these opportunities. Kids from all over the country are going to schools from all over the country. I do think that that mine as much as possible as one-offs and, and they have to really put a heavy emphasis on the kids that are in state because I, I do think that at some point you don't want it to turn into a situation where it's like Colorado and the top kids every year are basically planning on going somewhere else or Phoenix where they're not even Arizona state. I talked with Blair Angulo about this Arizona state, does such a poor job keeping kids from the Phoenix area that they've largely given up recruiting the top guys from their their own city. They have better efforts going into Los Angeles than they do going into Phoenix. And, And Nebraska can't afford that. Because when you have really talented players like Avante Dickerson or like Devin Jackson or like Deshaun Woods, they don't come around that often. And so you really can't afford to lose them. And so this is this is a blow for Nebraska. It's it's lessened by the fact that it's at a position where I think they're both deep, and I think that Travis Fisher is going to be able to go out and get talented players. But just from an optics standpoint, it is kind of crushing some of that early momentum that that like Nebraska's staff had when they went in and they got Nick Henrik and got uh, Chris Hickman, both guys that were expected to go somewhere else when Scott Frost and staff first got here.
2: Yeah, it's not. I guess my last final thought on this is it. It was a tough blow uh, to lose Dickerson, but it, it's not, not all doom and gloom. Um, they have, I think, recruited pretty well locally. Uh, Barrett Root does a really good job with it. I mean, I have a story up on our site him talking about that from last month. Um, and they've batted a good average. There are. It's it's just going to be more of a challenge um, in this time, I think to. Uh, it's not going to be like you're in the layup line anymore with local guys. It just isn't. And I think in this class, it's going to be a dog fight for, you know, three or four of the guys we're talking about. But if Nebraska pulls those out and uh, bats a good average with those guys, we're going to end up saying they did a, a really nice job in this, in this cycle locally. So it's, it's far from over. And uh, who knows, even some guys who committed, it may be far from over.
0: Do you, do you guys anticipate, like let's say that Heinrich Harburg gets an offer from Nebraska, do you anticipate they'll go three for three with the likes of Keegan Johnson, A.J. Rollins, and Heinrich Harburg, or do you think that we're going to have this conversation again about another in-state kid going somewhere
2: else? I think Keegan uh, Keegan's interesting to me. Um, I, I had him with Nebraska, but I think that's going to be a, a scrap. I think Bruns mentioned that earlier. Um, so he's the one that's intrigues me out of those. I think that if they offer Harburg, I think he'll go to Nebraska. Um, and I, I like Rollins too. Um, and I like Fedone for that matter at Nebraska still, even with all the attention he's getting. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty good crop, good crop there if you can get those guys. So I, I, I would uh, favor Nebraska and all those, all those names you bring up. I, but I think it's going to be uh, – you better have your elbows out for it. Yeah, I, I, that's a pretty good summation of where I'm at. I mean, I, I think if Hardmer gets that
1: offer, I don't see him turning that down. I, I think there's there's too many ties with Nebraska. I, I think that's – I think they've done a nice job of recruiting him up to not offering him to this point. So, yeah. Uh, Keegan Johnson's the one that I would I think is going to be a little bit tougher um I still think Nebraska's got a, a good shot there but um yeah I mean it, it's it's not a slam dunk anymore I, I think I think in some ways the I think Nebraska's done a nice job of offering guys early I think that was one thing that, that past staffs didn't do well I think it's just a it's it's now you just you're offering guys early but you know Nebraska's one of uh you know, five or six offer, early offers because you just see so many other schools coming in and trying to get in that race earlier than they were before.
0: All right, let's take a uh, let's take a time out here. When we come back, we are going to continue to talk about recruiting, but we're going to switch sports. We're going to talk about Fred Hoiberg's first full recruiting class, which signed that he has coming in. So we'll get more on those players next on Husker twenty four seven podcast.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: As promised, we are about to get into a discussion on Nebraska basketball. They signed five guys on Wednesday for Fred Hoiberg's first full class. And there was actually a little bit of news on Tuesday. Kevin Cross entered the transfer portal that leaves Nebraska with two more available scholarships. A year after flipping the roster, Nebraska sure looks like they're flipping the roster. Gentlemen, you cover this basketball team and brunch you actually had a chance to talk with Fred Hoiberg what were his thoughts on on the group that he signed and and what do you think about Nebraska overhauling its roster a second
1: year in a row yeah you know talking to Fred Hoiberg um you know he loves loves the class loves the fact that this group is going to give them more versatility and what they can do with lineups uh you know one thing he hit on a lot was talking about the ability of the roster next year to be able to rebound from multiple positions. That was one thing that they obviously struggled with last season because of a lack of size, but also even guys, you know, that, you know, you you would have hoped to able to rebound a little bit better, didn't do that. And he feels like this group is bigger, longer, stronger. They feel like they're going to have an ability to, to mix and match more with the lineups too, with the guys they've got. So, uh, you know, the, the interesting factor with, with this class is, you know, does this Kobe King end up with a waiver does uh, train the gallons? Is he eligible right away? Um, you know, what, when does the NCAA deal with the um, the one-time transfer thing? So, you know, if you get both those guys eligible, I mean, you, that's basically an eight man rotation with three sit outs last year, the five new guys this year, plus Thor and Ivan. So you know, they, they like that group. And, and, you know, I, I know that there's hand wringing about the number of transfers, but you know, the, the, in college basketball, you're going to have them anyways. And, and frankly, when you have the kind of season that Nebraska basketball did last year, I don't think you want to bring everybody back. Um, you know, as much as you want to bring guys along and develop them, the reality of the situation is, is you needed to upgrade talent. You needed to upgrade size. And I, I think they're, they're doing more of that. I mean, we can get into last season a little bit and, the kind of the, the chemistry issues that I think they had at times, but, um, I I think they, they did pretty well for themselves, especially with the number of commitments they got after all this coronavirus stuff started.
2: We said all last year that last season was a tryout process in a way. I mean, it was picking a couple of guys and then building a new roster around those guys. And that's exactly what they've done. Um, You know, Kevin Cross enters the portal, and I don't think that stunned anybody. Uh, There was a time last year when that might have surprised me. I thought early on he was really kind of one of those guys that I saw that could be a potential young piece that they really liked, and he kind of fit what they were doing. Uh, He faded a bit, though, as the season went on and, um, you know, made his decision. But you mentioned this when you're doing your rundown there, Bruns. You you mentioned that being a longer team, and – that's going to be huge, I think. Aside from just the talent of guys that I think can score in this group, I think the length is sneaky good. And, like, we we each picked our favorite of the five signees, and it's hard to do. And I know you picked Lap mayan I don't know if I even said it right. Uh, but 6'9 has, uh, has that length. Um, and I just think that's going to be huge, not only just from a rebounding perspective, but just playing defense. It, last season, how many teams lit up Nebraska from behind the arc, uh, just getting easy shots like it was at the rec center. And now I think you're going to have a lot more of those shots contested in a big way with longer arms and and all that. The thing that that
1: Fred said that I found also interesting too, he was kind of ticking through a quick review of last season on the call, but he he said that Nebraska finished first in the Big Ten for shot attempts at the rim, and they were 14th in the conference in – converting those opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, just based on kind of what you watched last year, that that number is probably not that surprising. But I think it speaks to, you know, the fact that you had smaller guards go barreling into the lane at the rim and get shots blocked and go the other way. I mean, Cam Mack and Deshaun Burke were not the biggest guys by any means. Now you've got Delano Banton potentially running the point for you. Uh, You know, Shamil Stevenson going to the rim you've got uh you know Teddy Allen or or Kobe King going to to the rim now. I mean that 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 looks a lot different than you know what what they did last season. So that's another factor I think that that will help Nebraska is actually converting some of those attempts because it was it was hard to watch last year. I mean it was like I, it seemed like almost every game a Burke or Mack would go to the
2: rim and you're like this is not going to end well. Yeah, I I've, I've, yeah, I've long I've well i've I've long thought it might not end well when Nebraska goes to the rim <laughs> since I was a kid um but I'll let Schaefer sound off here quick, but I like that the signees that they have um there's some winning experience in that group um you know, not necessarily Kobe Webster came from a pretty bad team last year, but um he he's put up big numbers against good competition, and the Allens played you know a big time ball before. And, uh, you know, Kobe King, I like the fact that with Kobe King, we don't have to guess if he can score or be efficient in the Big Ten. We know he can be. He was their second best scorer, uh, you know, Wisconsin. Um, So that's what I like about this group. I feel like it sort of like Nebraska has done with a couple of football transfers recently where you got like Darian Daniels and some of these guys who they already had the resume set in place where you're like, that's a good pickup. You know that he's going to give you something without a lot of doubt. I kind of feel that way about these basketball signees in general.
0: What I like probably the most is that they've added guys that, that saved for Kobe Webster, who is a three-year starter. They added guys that have played high-level basketball for the most part. And, you know, That that matters. Like I I think we kind of saw that at times with with Nebraska this year. Is that there's a pretty big difference. Like you can go get those guys that transfer from smaller schools, but there's a big step up in in Big Ten athleticism, in Big Ten basketball skills, in just generally what you're asked to do. And so I I do think that that will help out. And and some of that, as as you guys have mentioned, and I think it was Brons who said it first, is just Having that length is is going to help them defensively, and it's also going to help them offensively too. I mean they're they're just going to be such a different looking team. I don't know if they're going to be substantially better. I'm not I'm not table pounding that this is an NCAA tournament team, but um, I, I do think that this is going to look a lot more like those Iowa State teams that people envisioned from Fred Hoiberg than certainly the seven win team from last year where Nebraska is just playing Charlie Easley and a ton of minutes down the stretch because they were just out of guys. And yeah. the other thing is it takes pressure. If if Kobe King gets a waiver, that'll help take some pressure off of Delano Banton. And we've spent a fair amount of time talking about how there's excitement about Delano Banton. And I think because of what we've seen with Andrew White and James Palmer and Isaac Copeland and Perran Padaway, that there's going to be a really high expectation for Delano Banton to be the guy right away. And I, I do think adding pow, you know, power basketball-type talent around someone like Delano Banton gives him a little bit more margin for error to kind of find his way into it. James Palmer, as you remember, wasn't James Palmer until probably December of that first year that he played. And then even then, it was probably Kansas was his breakout game. And then he, he got really good really fast. So it it will take a while when they actually start playing games, I think, for Delano Banton to kind of cash in on, on all of the excitement and buzz about him. But he's got some
1: actual weapons that can take some of that pressure off too. Yeah, it, and it's the, – the, the chemistry thing is interesting to me because it, it's – whenever you kind of blow up a roster like this, you – Nebraska essentially has like – very distinct guys. Groups of guys on this roster right now. They've got the three guys who were part of the sit out this year: Banton, Stevenson, and Walker. You've got the five new guys coming in. You've got some holdovers over here, and Ivan Thor. I guess Acola Rope is still uh, on the roster as well. So, you know, how how do you kind of mesh these guys together is going to be interesting because I, I don't know that. You know, I think at times Nebraska had good chemistry w- with last year's group, but I think whenever you had the kind of losing that Nebraska experienced, it kind of exposed the cracks in the foundation a little bit, you know, it, when, when you're trying to, you know, dig out of a hole uh, on the road in the big 10, you know, what you have in terms of chemistry and uh, guys wanting to play together and, and, and that kind of camaraderie, I think gets exposed a little bit. So that's going to be, an important thing for Fred Hoiberg to figure out is how do you bring these very different groups of guys together when there's a chance that you're not going to be on campus together for a while. I mean, they're hoping to get guys June 6th back to Lincoln, but you know, the, the facilities aren't open right now. Um, you know, you're doing a lot over zoom. So how do you kind of make that work? And you don't have the benefit of a, a trip uh, to Europe to try to kind of Get away and and, and uh, build that. So, I, I mean, maybe that's where if you have guys that have kind of been through it a little bit or a little bit more mature, that helps you. But that's going to be something that I, I think is going to go a long way to determining how much better Nebraska can be this season compared
2: to they were last what they were last year. I just like to shoot big mindset from this staff. I mean, the other day, twenty four seven Sports had a, a a list of it was our national guys too. It wasn't us. It was the, the top ten. Um, schools that picked up transfers and hoops and Nebraska's on there and it's on there with schools like Louisville and some of these basketball schools and I they're just so they've been so aggressive going after what I consider some pretty big dog players Um, and that's that's what I think is just refreshing to see Nebraska right now it's just on paper it looks good but that's what we got right now, and that's a, that's a nice thing to see Nebraska popping up on things like that.
1: And they're not done. I mean, they they've no. signed five. They will they have at least two open spots right now. So, you know, Adama Sunogo right now is, has Nebraska in his top six. Uh, I think he's – I think Nebraska is more towards the top of that list than they are to the bottom of that list right now. For for the big six foot ten forward out of uh, New York, uh, the other guy that that has talked to our national guys and kind of intrigued by Nebraska is Trevor Lakes. He's he's transferring from the D two level, a six foot seven kid who can shoot from the outside. He seems like he's tailor made for Fred Hoiberg's offense. He's going to be a sit out uh, with one year to play after that. But I mean, those those are kind of the names that have been connected with Nebraska in recent weeks uh, to, to potentially fill those spots. And and at this point you know, I think Nebraska probably looks more towards the, the sit-out type uh, transfer route if they can, but uh, I think they've got a group that they feel pretty good about, um, and, and especially, like I, like we've been saying, if they, if they get waivers, because the addition of Kobe King and, and Trey McGowan's, especially McGowan's, because, I, you know, he, he, as a point, fits this offense to a T, tee, uh, having played, started 64 games at Pittsburgh, too, so, uh, they would look completely different with a couple of waivers, but even without that, I think they've they've improved quite a bit talent-wise on paper. All right, gentlemen, thoughts before we sign off. Uh,
2: time to get that backyard uh, backyard work going again. Hope you taped up your ankles.
0: <laughs> all right, well, should we just do a podcast sometime <laughs> where you're just working outside? We can just we can catch all of the elements like. Uh, maybe a minor grunt as you're repairing a fence or, you know, weeding your flower box
2: or whatever you've got going on over there. Um, I don't know how good it would be, but the most fitting, uh, podcast you could do of me doing work would actually be me not doing work, watching my father do something at my house. (laughs) He's very much a fix it man and I don't ask him to do it, but he wants to do it. It's his generation. They just want to help their children. And so uh, that would be the most fitting podcast of me standing over my father, asking him if he needs a tool or something. I think uh, one one
1: thing to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks here, a good storyline to watch, this growing beard that Brian Christopherson has. I like it, it's a good look so far. I'm curious to see where he
2: can take it. This, this, that, this uh, the the ceiling is the is unlimited for this thing. I think. Yeah, I'm like eight days in. Um, you said, and I think we need to do this. I'm going to go another couple weeks. And then we need to do, like, a video pod and, like, just bust that. You should do it, too, Bruns. <laughs> would, it, would it surprise <laughs> you that this is actually two weeks worth of growth for me? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's not much there. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but, that yeah, we should all grow our beard. Schaefer, Schaefer's, uh, how long has that been?
0: 18 well, hours. I mean, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't done clean shaven again since the awful experiment in 2017 so okay i wondered so how long how really we're it was coming up on close to three years once we get to the summer so uh the last time it was trimmed was in march so uh,
2: that beard stretches I, I, back to diaco <laughs> <laughs> it does it does <laughs> that beard assumes it <laughs>
0: well i mean maybe maybe the the stuff closest to the skin has but for the most <laughs> part it gets trimmed up but right now i'm just kind of letting it go i i am uh i'm thinking about changing my hairstyle in this uh in this new era that we're in um yeah. what if i just don't get a haircut for the next rest of the year i've thought about this like how bad would it look and would you still want me to be wearing 24/7 sports gear at various events if I don't get a haircut between when the, uh, the quarantine started and December 31st.
1: We would have to trade you to West Virginia and have you cover Mountaineer football. I think that would be the only recourse at that point.
0: I'm I'm like kind of intoxicated by what it would look like if I just kind of like let it go. I, I think it would be horrible, like just nightmare inducing stuff. But at the same time, I kind of want to know if that's a a reality for me. So we'll we'll see. We'll see where we're at. I know that there's no haircut in my immediate future, though. There you go. All right. Well, now that we've covered our hair, we've covered working with our dads as we fix our backyards, uh, and we covered Nebraska football and basketball recruiting, we are signing off for this one. Catch everything at Husker 24-7 right now. We'll be back with another podcast later this week.